To the For Evansville podcast. My name is Adrian. I'm here with Jonathan today. And we're just continuing our series of talking to people who are not just living in Evansville, but living for Evansville. So we're excited to introduce our next guest to you. Yeah, today we're talking with Lane Young. He's the executive director of the Evansville Water and Sewer Utility. Um, and we're really excited to hear his story. I've had the chance to talk to him a little bit about his role and the way that he sees it before. And um, it's just really cool. Um, and maybe not a role that you would expect to think like, wow, they're yeah. really doing, doing great things for right. our city um, just because it's a utility that we sometimes take for granted. But we're really excited to dive into this conversation with them today. Lane, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. We're excited to jump into your story a little bit. Uh, I've actually had the opportunity to sit down and talk with you and some others a little bit about uh, being for Evansville to some degree and and what that looks like and uh, really enjoyed getting a little bit of you and your wife's story and and your relationship to Evansville. Um, could you just kind of fill Adrian and the rest of our listeners in on that a little bit? Like, uh, who are you and, uh, you know, and, and what are you doing here? Right. Well, Jonathan, I'd be glad to do that. Thank you for having me. So, uh, what I do currently is I am the executive director of the Evansville Water and Sewer Utility. Uh, and that means that all um, of the system that gets water to um, not only Evansville and Vanderburg County, but we also serve uh, Gibson County some into Posey and Warwick. So uh, we draw the water out of the Ohio River and we, we distribute it out. And then people use it. They dirty it up. We take it back and we get it cleaned and we yeah. put it back in the river. And so we're really kind of a water resource and recovery yeah. company, really. Yeah, a resource that uh, a lot of us probably take for granted when we turn on the faucet or the shower or flush the toilet and uh, don't think about all of the complex systems that help make that happen in a safe and efficient way, right? Would you like to come to work for me in my public <laughs> relations department? Because you said that very well. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And I think most of us, we're blessed, right, to to be here in, in the Western developed world where w water is um, just kind of a, a given, right? And uh, in fact, I hear sometimes people complain that their water bill is almost as high as their cable bill. And I look at them First and I, world problems. I go, <laughs> Do you, did you hear what you just said? That yeah. water, which you couldn't live more than a day or so without. <laughs> but on the flip side, we're so fortunate that that is our reality. Yeah. Um, one of the things I love about Evansville is the fact that we live on this river, right? We mm -hmm. live, you know, if you're a community, you, you do a lot of things to enhance it and you want to make it better and you, you have all these great plans. But you either are on the second largest river in North America or you are not. And that's one resource that Evansville is really blessed with. Yeah. And, you know, had we've traveled some. You, you, you heard my story. And I mean, right now, today, we could go to parts of the world that that are inhabitable. Right. They look like a, why, why aren't there people developing around here? Well, mm -hmm. it's because there's no readily available water source. Right. Where there's water source, civilization forms around it. And so. Uh, I love that 
that I get to to contribute to the well-being of Evansville in this way, in this crucial kind of mission-critical way. Yeah. Well, and you haven't been uh, in this role for very long. Can you give us a little bit of your story before uh, this role and kind of how you came back to Evansville and and landed in the job that you're in now? I would be glad to. If your listeners are out there and they have a piece of paper, they better get it out because it's a map. You're going to have to follow it. <laughs> Um, we recently came back prior to that, we had been, uh, in New York city for a couple of years where I worked for a campus organization at Columbia university. Uh, prior to that, we had been in the suburbs of Chicago where I worked on staff at a church for for a bit. I worked uh, as the director of a mission agency. Uh, and prior to that, we had been in Germany in Southwestern Germany and lived there for seven years and worked at a boarding school there in the very South Black Forest region. And hmm. that was when we last lived in Evansville. We left Evansville and went to Germany. Okay. So that was in 2003. Okay. So kind of left, traveled all over the world for a little bit and then came back. So, so are uh, you originally from Evansville then? Born and raised. Okay. Yeah. Born and raised and outside a stint uh, in college where I was uh, for the most time at Bloomington. Um, and then uh, three and a half years as an Army officer. Oh, okay. So out of college, uh, I was an artillery officer in the Army. So okay. Did you little... think you would be back to Evansville? I did not think that I would be back to Evansville, although I was open to that. Um, it's just one of those where's, where, as I said on the roadmap, it was kind of, okay, what's next? And uh, interestingly, in uh, that road of vocational journey that I've been on, uh, every one of those, after the Army, someone came to me and said, we think you would be good in this role, or this is mm -hmm. something you ought to look at. Okay. Um, it was really the, the last time that I got a job in the kind of traditional job search manner was when I left the Army to come work for Old National Bank in 1993. Okay. So just kind of following the opportunities that presented themselves a little bit. That's right. That's well, right. I'm interested to hear a lot of the roles that it sounds like you've been in uh, are the kinds of things that people think about as like uh, roles that people might aspire to, you know, being a, an officer in the military, um, being part of a school, being part of a church, uh, all of these different uh, roles where you're really, uh, it's easy to envision how you're serving people, how you're making a difference, um, things like that. How do you think about that in your current role uh, at you, like personally going to work every day? How do you uh, sort of tie that to a sense of, of personal purpose, I guess? That's a great question. Because um, there's probably not a lot of kids out there who are like, when I grew up, I want to be the the head of the water and sewer utility, you know? Well, so paint I want that the, picture for us. Help us to see I that vision a little bit. come talk to me because uh, one of the things I love about our uh, role in the city, but, but in particular our organization, our company, if you will, um, is we have jobs that require uh, people with college education and even... Um, post-grad degrees, and I have important jobs for people who love to work with their hands, who don't feel like maybe college is their track, but they want to make a difference because mm -hmm. what I love about this job and, and the people that I get to work with every day is 
arguably, we serve the people every day and we serve every person in the city of Evansville every day. Yeah. Multiple times a day. Yeah, that's cool. So we, we have a, a service that we provide that touches your entire city. Mm-hmm. So if that's something you aspire to as you think about helping people and making an impact on their lives every day, what our organization does is uh, absolutely does that every day. Yeah. That's awesome. So can you walk us through some of the the things that you're excited about that are happening right now with the water and utility? Well, one of them um, is a new water plant. So um, that that facility that we currently operate was built in um, finished construction in 1897. Wow. Any of the young, anybody out there listening, if you remember who was president, you get a bonus. <laughs> yeah, that was a long, long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah, it really was. So we are excited to bring uh, that plant up to date and, um, you know, have a new system that will hopefully serve Evansville. Um, people don't realize this, but all the pipes that are out in our system, both the sewer and the water, um, you can kind of think of it like a body. And so those are the veins and the arteries and they're taking the, the fresh oxygenated blood, or in this case, the cleaned water out, mm-hmm. our bodies are using them and then we're taking it back. And, and so you couldn't do that. You, you you'd have these veins and arteries with nothing in them if you don't have a heart right. that pumps and works. And that's what that plant is. And so I'm excited that we get to be a part of, you know, a generational project that will serve Evansville and this southwestern Indiana for a long time. So that's an exciting project. Um, I'm excited about this. There's this uh, building that's on the riverfront, the Sunrise Pump Station, and how that's going to be a public building and a public space where people can come down to the riverfront and engage and see what we do on how we treat the water and put it back in the river and yet do it with a nice amenity. And, you know, we could have built some very uh, utilitarian type mm-hmm. structure, but we looked at it and we said, this is this is on the river. This is where uh, what we do meets the resource that we deal with every day. It's right here. We have a chance to bring our city uh, close up to what we do and how we use water. And so I'm excited about that. And that project should be, uh, wrapping it will be in there functioning here at the end of this year and then it should be open to public sometime in 2022 oh okay great. but that'll be a fun space i think people don't really realize what it's going to be so they see it building and they see mm-hmm. it uh, this being, is what's being built just north right of now. downtown or that's just correct. upstream from downtown right that's now. correct right. yeah it's just uh next to mickey's kingdom a little bit mm-hmm. yeah uh, you see this big structure being constructed so yeah, that'll be cool to yeah. see. So those are some neat things that we're working on. and uh, But I, I, some of the stuff that's meaningful to me as well is um, we recognize that Evansville uh, has a population that um, struggles to meet their daily needs, right? Mm-hmm. Just poverty level as such. And so we're looking at trying to find ways that we can assist that group. And so thinking about that and seeing what the federal government has and the state, but what are things that we locally can do so on top of all the fun building things and and i love those and they really serve everybody we realize that all of that has to be paid for by our users we don't we don't get tax funding Um, we're thankful that the federal government's looking to do grants so that's the first time they've really done that since the the 80s so 
those would be a huge help if we can get some of those that would would help with the affordability issue that Evansville has. Yeah. Um, Evansville, I don't, people don't maybe realize this. I've used this some because I think I think you got to compare it to something, right? You know, right? I could tell you we have a thousand miles of pipe, and that just sort of doesn't mean anything. But when I say that we have the same amount of pipes that Boston, Massachusetts, and the county of Suffolk, uh, which Boston resides in, we have the same amount of pipe infrastructure as they mm. do. And you think about how much larger population-wise Boston is in Evansville, then that kind of puts it in perspective that we we have a really large system for a city population-wise of our size. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. And it seems like uh, it's, uh, again, maybe more complex than the average person thinks about just because these pipes exist underground and so maintenance and replacement and all of that um, seems really complicated to me whenever I try to imagine like maintaining and operating that system. So I'm glad that there are people in our city who are taking care of that for us so that we don't have to think about where our clean water is coming from and where our wastewater is going. So Well, um, about nine and a half months ago, Jonathan, you and I knew the same amount. And I would have said the same thing you just said. So, right. you know, I get to learn it and see it every day, but you're right. It, it's hidden. And, um, you know, when people, all this talk about the infrastructure bill that's coming out of uh, Washington, everybody talks infrastructure. But when everybody starts reading it off, roads, bridges, broadband. Don't hear much about water. <laughs> yeah. right? Because people just don't think about the infrastructure that they need to bring communities together and states together and cities together. Sure. It's all the, the things that connect us. And right. That's what we see and use every day. And the stuff under the ground is it's hidden. So yeah. I, I fully understand that. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, about nine months ago, you were completely new to this position and really new to this field of work. Could you kind of talk about that a little bit of what was it like stepping into that role? What led you to, what was it about this opportunity that made you say, yeah, I think we want to do that. We want to move back to Evansville and do this role. And what was, what was appealing about that? What, uh, what was the draw? And then what was that like kind of stepping into a really new, uh, territory and, and learning that and taking that on? Well, I wish that the first answer, or your first question you asked me, the answer would be that I, there was just this allure. And <laughs> so let me, like many of your listeners and um, many people across the country, there's a, a thing called COVID, right? a pandemic that hit. And that's what really, uh, we had we had left New York City pre-COVID, uh, really wanted to be back in the Midwest, family and kids are here. So um, we kind of targeted the Midwest and Evansville's home. And my mom lives here. So we could just kind of land here and then put our feelers out. And so that's what we had done. And you know, we were looking at different opportunities. In fact, I'd been talking to old national bank again. And so there were some discussions going on and then COVID came yeah. and it really shut down the job search. Uh, and that was really one of the most challenging periods uh, for me uh, that I can remember because, mm. um, you know, God had been faithful and really opening doors on my vocational journey and felt like that was going to continue. And when there was some silence and things shut down, um, and I believe that humans are made for a purpose and part of flourishing as a human is having purposeful things to engage in and 
and use the gifts that you've been given and develop and continue to sharpen those. And that's just part of, of existence. And so when I had no purpose and nothing really to focus on, I, I was sort of floundering really. Uh, and we kept doing the things we were doing and getting my resume and pushing it out there and all the sort of traditional job search things, but there was really nothing materializing. And so in late July, when, uh, I got a phone call and someone asked me if I'd be willing to talk to Alan Mounts, my predecessor, who I knew from my time at Old National. I said, listen, I will talk to anyone about <laughs> any opportunity. Yeah. And uh, it went from that on a Tuesday to a Wednesday morning, hour and a half meeting with Alan to a Wednesday night phone call from the mayor uh, wanting to know a little bit more about myself, who I'd really, to this point, I knew the mayor, but had not really interacted with him, uh, to an interview the following week and a job offer. So the interview was on Tuesday the following week, job offer on Thursday. Wow. So in about nine days' time. Yeah. And again, the fascinating part of that is I didn't find that job. That job found me. Yeah. So there's the answer to the first question. Sure. Uh, and it was um, a real testimony to... Uh, God's faithfulness. And so very yeah, thanks cool. for that. Um, part two, jumping into something that I had zero knowledge and background of. As I had mentioned during that kind of downtime, that hard time, that, that desert, if you will, one of the things that happened was my desire and hunger to learn and capacity to learn hmm. was rested. And so I had space inside me and inside my mind to pour myself in, to learn. And I love to learn. I think learning is also part of being human. And uh, for listeners out there and for all your younger ones, um, you never stop learning. I hope you never stop learning. There's there's no degree that gets you enough knowledge that now you just employ what right. you do. You're always learning. And I think that's part of God's design of us as humans as well. And I, I think he gave us that that um, command, if you will, or that that explanation of who we are right there at the beginning of the story of creation, right? This is my creation. Go out, discover it, learn about it, be good stewards of it, take care of it. Mm -hmm. That's just hardwired into us. And so I was ready for it. So yeah. I, I was ready for that piece. Uh, I do learn things fairly quickly. And, um, and because I had such a capacity, I was ready to dive right in. Yeah. And so there was quite a bit of technical stuff I was learning, but the real gift in it was all in my vocational journey has really been about um, loving people, learning about people, um, equipping and training and developing people, solving problems with people, um, serving people, really all the things that encompass leadership. Mm -hmm. And I learned that, uh, I think some of my wiring is as a people person, so I, I kind of knew that about myself, but my time in the army was absolutely foundational to me. Hmm to learn how to lead people. And interestingly, we, we often think of the army as, as kind of hierarchical and very top down and, and much of it is, but, um, I learned how to serve people as a leader, as a young Lieutenant, 23 years old, and I'm coming into a new role. And I had this 37 year old veteran knew what he was doing, been doing the same role for, you know, 15, 20 years. And here this young whippersnappers, his boss, right? Yeah. And he pulled me aside. He said, Lieutenant, let me tell you something. We, 
the Army works in this way. We will do whatever you ask us to do. That's part of the chain of command. That's following orders. But if you engage us in the process, if you ask for our input, if you listen to us, if you show us that you trust us and, and that, that you know, we, can, we will do what you ask, we will not only do what you ask us to do, we'll do the things you don't know that you need to ask us to do it, and we'll do that in a way that makes you look good and successful, hmm. and we'll all be successful. And that stuck with me. Yeah. And I look at that, and, and my decision to join the Army was, was not one out of just gung-ho service. It was I was a frat boy party kid at IU that graduated with a 2.2, and what was I going to do? So it wasn't because I went to the Army that it was going to shape me but little did I know what a gift that was going to be to me. Yeah. And so I look at all my friends who graduated from Kelly School of Business and got great jobs right out of school and sat in a cubicle. And for three and a half years, I learned how to serve and lead people. Yeah. And so it really, it formed me in a great way. Yeah, that's very cool. That sounds like one of your passions is the idea of servant leadership. And and as you were talking, I was thinking, you're you're kind of one of our unique guests in the way that most of our guests have these passions for seeing our city grow and flourish and they their jobs have come out of that like they've pursued careers out in those passions but in your case water and utility maybe not be your passion in life so i was wondering how your personal passion and like you've said like we've already talked about it, you've talked a little bit about this but um how do you bring those in to your work or how do those come out in your work I think if if I could say a one driver that's been a driver for me that manifests itself in specific ways, but the one thing when even when I was in college, um, I loved people and I loved being around people, and I wanted to be a good husband and a father. That was kind of it, um, and so, which also revolves around people, uh, and so that is always been resident in me and. Because organizations are largely formed around and by and with people, uh, wherever I've gotten to go, it's always working with people. So here at the at the utility, um, I get to learn. Uh, and right now, I'm in a learning mode, right? And I, I really am looking forward to when I can kind of um, take what I've learned about who we are as an organization and begin to really focus on the people and. Are people in the right places? You know, do they have what they need to be successful? What can we do to help better train our people? Um, how can we thank our people? You know, so some of those things, I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but that that's something I'm excited about. Um, but right now, what I've been focusing on, the way I'm, I'm able to take my desire to to help people is I'm looking at how we're formed. So one of the things I've learned along the way, and just the giftings that I have, is I. I understand people really well, but I also understand systems and organizations and how people fit into those. And I've been able to see that in a lot of different places. I've seen it in a corporate structure at a bank. I've, we ran, I ran a small business for a few years, so I saw it on that level. I, I saw it in the Army, I, I obviously. I saw it in a school setting. I saw it in a foreign setting, how people live their lives differently than we do, but right. where are the similarities? So all of those experiences that I've taken and really where I feel like my vocational journey has taken me are lessons that I've put in my rucksack and taken it with me. And it just, those are tools that I have. And so one of the things I've done recently, when I looked at kind of 
We were two companies that came back together as one. And this is something some people know, some people don't. Back in the 90s, um, the, the utility was run by two different private companies hmm. uh, owned by the municipality but operated by private companies. So then we brought that back. Well, you when you kind of merge two companies, there's always going to be things, well, how do you do them better? How do we do right. them together now? How do we unify what we're doing sure. versus kind of traveling in parallel tracks, which you could do. So we've been working to get that. And that that work was started by my predecessor. And I get to kind of come in and, and look at some things. And so I think those are the way I'm wired. So I get to use those gifts every day where I'm I'm using the, the ability to kind of understand situations and people and apply what I've, you know, my kind of blood, sweat, and tears to those things uh, and contribute. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who maybe feels like, um, like maybe they're stuck in a job or maybe it's not even paid work, but it's some kind of role that they have that uh, they feel like they're not passionate about? How would you encourage them to maybe like, find a way to apply their passion to that job or even to see um, kind of the bigger picture and the bigger significance behind whatever role they play, either as it relates to the city maybe or just other people in general? What are what are some things that you look for whenever you're trying to kind of um, tease out that, that bigger purpose behind what you're doing? That's a great question. Um, you use a word, and I and, and it's a great word. Um, I think it's a word that that we all kind of understand. Passion. I think the challenge on the word passion is um, passion is a kind of really a feeling, right? Like like you you feel passionate. There's something mm -hmm. it, it evokes an emotive response. There's something that churns inside of us, and. Um, while that is an important element, we're wired that way to experience it. Even for people who are in a field that's a good fit for them, um, they don't, that, that emotive, passionate churning that just kind of, you know, puts fire in your belly. Um, those are moments that we get to taste every once in a while, mm -hmm. but in the day to day, we don't get to do that. So the challenge then is to say, all right, let me zoom out. Let me make sure that my heart and my passion, that 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 stuff that's down here in on below my shoulders matches with what's above my shoulders in understanding, okay, how did those things happen? And so what what my what I usually encourage people is to first really understand who you are. Understand how you're wired understand um, things that you that come easily to you, hmm. you know, uh, abilities and um, just, yeah, the, the, the things that you can do. Sure. So know that about yourself and then start to think about, okay, this is kind of how I'm wired. These are my abilities. Now, where, how can I use those in the job I'm currently in? Um, or, or in a field that would accept those. And then how do I find a way that says that, that work is meeting a need in society in some way, shape or form, right? So how do I look at that and go, okay, here's a need out there and here are all the different ways organizations have 
organize themselves to meet that need. And they have these kinds of roles that match this kind of person that I am. Let me find how I can plug into that. And so I, I encourage people that way when they're looking for something, when they're in a role, you'd ask kind of stuck in something that they don't enjoy sure. or they don't find passion in is to zoom out and kind of at a macro level look at and say, okay, how is what I do every day um, serving people? Um, when I talk to my guys that work on the, on the cruise, the construction crews that you see and uh, a water main breaks and it's January and below zero and they're mm. down in the water pit, yeah. um, it's cold, it's miserable. Hard to feel passionate about Hard that job. Hard to feel yeah. passionate <laughs> about that job. Yeah. Uh, you just got to get in there and do it. Um, and yet, and so they do that every day. So most days they probably don't feel like they're serving or they're doing something with passion. But then when they can kind of zoom out and realize how they touch every person in Evansville, how what they're doing. So sometimes we have to be reminded, and that's why I said there's this, our, our minds and our hearts have got to be connected um, because there are times where we will feel without passion, but we're doing an important job. Yeah, that's really good. So we ask everybody this, and so we haven't asked you yet. Why do you love Evansville? Why do I love Evansville? I think for me, well, not everybody could say it this way, but depending on your um, experience of your hometown, there's going to be nostalgia. There's going to be those things that are just so part of your formation. Uh, and what's interesting for me and fun for me, and it didn't, it was kind of serendipitous that it happened this way. But my first real memory as a kid was this river. And we lived on Riverside, Riverside Drive. I live six houses down today from that house that I lived hmm. in as a kid. Oh, that's cool. And I can remember walking out in the back. We'd walk down toward the river and that big, huge red brick building that just looked massive. I'm like, what is that in my mind, you know, as a kid? Um, I get to be a part of that building every day. Yeah, that's cool. So um, I love that Evansville is a place um, where um, I think people are friendly and kind. Um, it's a it's a pace of life that has, is interesting, but not breakneck. Hmm. Uh, and when you're younger, there's a season where you want it breakneck. And so I, I, like many people, probably many of my peers that grew up and were like, I can't wait to get to the big city and make my mark and, you know, where everything's fast and, you know, and then when I, when I have my, when I get married and settle down and ready to have kids, then I'm ready to come back to Evansville, right? But there's something sweet about the fact that people want to raise their kids in a place that can help form and shape them. And so mm -hmm. I love that about Evansville. Uh, let me say that what I've loved about coming back to Evansville is uh, I've been thankful to see the growth that has taken place uh, and a real collective um, desire to see Evansville improve um, and be a place that attracts people and not just people who knew it, left it and came back, but actually young people who it can be a place where creativity is released and they can see where they can make a difference and, and have some of that that fast pace, if you will, the, the things that, sure. you know, the quality of life stuff that um, really attracts 
people. Yeah. So. Well, we are glad that you uh, are, are back in Evansville and in the role that you're in and uh, that you're thinking about uh, your work in, in this way and encouraging others who are working as part of your organization to see their work in that way, too. And we hope that our listeners, uh, you know, as they've heard your story are maybe thinking differently about their role if they didn't already kind of see the bigger picture of how they might be serving and, and helping people as well. So thanks so much for your time and for sharing your story with yeah, us. Thank you. Jonathan, Adrian, thank you. It was my pleasure. All right. Well, this is the point in our conversation where we just get to debrief what we talked about. And I just wanted to point out, you know, he kind of put me in my place right away because, yeah. <laughs> you know, like as we mentioned earlier, we just said like, Oh, you know, water and utility. What what does that really do for our city? And I, I see a lot of grumblings on social media or like yeah. that next door app or whatever, where it's like you like to read like the the Evansville Facebook pages <laughs> yes. that have a the lot of the, a lot. the gossip and right. complaints. But you kind of know like what people are mad about, and right. one of them is like a high water bill. Right. But immediately when he was like, people say that their water bill is just as high as their cable. I was like, well, water is way more important than cable. Yeah. And and then it just immediately was like, yeah, of course I would pay for water. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And the people don't have that luxury sometimes. Yeah. I've never so. thought about that before whenever he made that comparison. That right. was really funny. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like we have a tendency to compare uh, those types of things to maybe other communities, not realizing that they're like, other expenses in that community right. that are probably way higher. So it just balances out differently in, in every city. But yeah, I really enjoyed, um, you know, the way that he kind of saw the importance of water in a community as like directly related to his role and the yes. role of everybody in their organization. Like uh, to be the head of an organization like that and to be able to say like, hey, everybody on our team is really valuable to our city because yeah. they're serving every person in our city every day. I think that type of view of your team and of the members of your team, uh, it really helps you to be a good leader, but also to create an environment where everybody is really valued for the role that they have. And we're not always good at doing that in right. our society. We kind of look down on certain roles that seem like menial or um, something like that. But the reality is like a lot of those types of roles that in that are often thought of that way are some of the most important, important and, right. are, and are serving some of your most basic needs. Um, and so to be able to celebrate those and value those, I think is a, is a good thing for our city. Yeah. Like, so when we try to talk to people about their jobs and what they do, and, and we like to try to let people see their occupation in a different light. And one of those questions that I think we ask is if your job didn't exist or if people in your business or field mm. did not do their job well, then what would happen? Right. And it's usually something very negative, yeah. like <laughs> like a garbage man, you know? Yeah. Like our city would fill up with trash. And with him, it's like, I touched the lives of every single person in Evansville because every single person in Evansville needs water. Yeah. And that automatically brings a huge significance. Mm -hmm. And so I love that he... He tells those guys who are in the freezing cold sewers, yeah. like, your job is so important because right. 
the people of Evansville need you. Yeah. And if that person, if those people, like in that example that he used, if they don't get that water main fixed, like there's a whole section of our city that is just not going to have water until they get it right. back together. Right. And if you try going like a day without water at your house, you quickly realize how challenging that is because you don't just need it when you're thirsty, you need it to cook with, you need it right. to wash your hands and, and your body with and your house and everything. There's so much that we use um, water for. And so that's a really big deal. And I also liked that, um, you know, he is thinking about the role, uh, even beyond just the basic service that they provide, and how they can better the city in other ways too. So thinking about individuals who are struggling to pay their water bill and what kind of resources can they offer to those people? What what can they do to lighten that burden on people who are having trouble um, paying for that expense and making it accessible to everybody in our city? But also, even beyond that, whenever he was talking about the new uh, pump station on the riverfront mm -hmm. and how... Um, they're going to make that a space that is beautiful, you know, right. that that it looks nice on a riverfront. And uh, it, it would be they don't they don't have to do that. You know, right. it'd be really easy just to make it like he said, sort of a utility. It does the job and it just doesn't look great. Um, but it'll be really nice to have a space there right on the riverfront close to a lot of other beautiful parts of our city and for it to look really nice and be a place where people want to go and walk and hang out and things like that and um, interact with it for years and years to come. Right. So it's not like he, it's not like he's just bringing his company along. He is bringing Evansville along with it. Saying, here's something that you can learn and appreciate about our job, but it's just so that you can appreciate Evansville more. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Yeah. It makes me think about, the work that I do or the work that others do. It's like, okay, I don't even need to just bring my coworkers along with me mm. or the people that I'm leading along, but how can I bring the city along? Right. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful piece of it because uh, every person in our city um, is part of the city. Uh, right. That's that's what makes the city. And so <laughs> yeah. each of those little components does make a big difference when when we can improve them, contribute to the city in those ways. So um, if if you'd like to share your story of uh, maybe how you're thinking about your role in the city, maybe you haven't figured out uh, a way to think about your city in that sort of bigger picture of the way that it's maybe serving people or meeting needs or contributing to the flourishing of our city. Or maybe you are thinking about that after hearing this and and you're having some aha moments. We'd love to hear about those. Uh, shoot us an email, info at fourevansville.org, uh, or connect with us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at 4Evansville. Thanks for joining us today.